Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash nmvpod. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Never Made Varsity. I am at the beach, and if you want to find me on Twitter, you can do that at Colby Complaints. All one word. What's up, everybody? It's your favorite squiggle. This is uh, Dave Rivero. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at d underscore river underscore o. Hello, everybody. Once again, it's me, but I don't have anything special. I'm just Maverick. Uh, this week, you can find me on social media at heartbreak underscore underscore kid. You're special to me, Maverick. <laughs> yeah, don't talk about yourself like that, bro. I wish I could don't be Don't talk the about beach. my friend like that. I want to be special be at the beach. <laughs> oh, is it my turn? I wanted to make sure I wasn't interrupting anybody. It's you're such after Maverick. You're such a <laughs> passive-aggressive bum. never changed. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, my name is Aaron. I am five days from being done with one year of physics in nine weeks, and you can find Why me on Twitter. Why can't you just say dates Aaron like a normal Friedman. person? Say dates like a normal person. What do you want me to say? He's not a normal dates person. Dates have numbers for a reason. <laughs> okay, I'm Molly. I'm a never made friend, friend of Aaron, and a marching band groupie for about two years now. So. That's me, and you can find me at at Loman Molly on Twitter. That's L O O M A N Molly with a Y, like it should be spelled. Oh, okay, throw it out hot takes already. Can we can can we uh, can we have David? What? How would you want me to say those dates? Okay, so what day do you? Does your physics end? Like, what does your physics class end? It ends on Friday. On Friday? Yeah. Why couldn't you just say that? That would have been ten times easier than whatever crap you spouted out before that. Or you could just say I'm almost done with physics. But that doesn't give, like, a definite value to it. Aaron, guess what? That assumes no people care about the definite date. value. <laughs> you in physics. Zero people care. I'm sure there's one person out there that cares. Zero I bet I can find one care. person. Andrew just raised his hand. He cares. He doesn't even know what you're talking about. Yes, he can hear me. <laughs> he has ears. Andrew, whatever. I'm, sh- I'm sure he's getting so much of this one side of a five-person conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I'd agree with that. Okay, we can anyway, move on now. Molly, how about you tell us a little bit about like who you root for and what you do at Carolina and that type of fun stuff. Yeah, great. So, um... I'm a rising junior. Uh, <laughs> I'm an Atlanta fan through and through. I was born there, raised there, which means yeah. I'm kind of like Aaron, where I just kind of live in a perpetual state of being sad about my city and my teams. Uh, At least you know it. Yeah, no, I recognize it. Uh, Super Bowl <laughs> 51 will live in my brain for the rest of my life. It'll live in mine oh, forever, mine too. too. It was fantastic. <laughs> it's the saddest, saddest day. Uh, Braves, Falcons, all that. Um... I work at the Daily Tar Heel. 
at UNC. Uh, all the views expressed today are not on behalf of the Daily Tar Heel, they are on behalf of me. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, that's basically it. I'm not Tar Heel born, but I am Tar Heel bred. So I've been rooting for UNC since I was a little kid. So that's me, basically, in a nutshell. And I'm, oh, the other person that likes baseball. That's like. Yes, that's how we my became main friends. Thing. That's how Aaron and I became friends, was I was the only one that liked baseball around him. Well, Zeke likes it, but like... <laughs> Zeke doesn't count you lived with him. Yeah, true. He would have been your friend regardless. So, now that we have someone that's not from North Carolina on the podcast, I need to ask you, do you also feel bad when you see people that go to Carolina share like the you grew he we grew here, you flew here memes? I think, honestly, they can do that all they want because like... The acceptance rate for out of state is lower, so we know we know what clout we bring to the situation. Well, but I'm saying we fit in with the you flew here people, so like it's kind of targeted at us too. I mean, it's it, yeah, but it's a fal it's a false superiority. <laughs> to be fair, let me let me clarify for y'all because I feel like there's some hurt in in this conversation. There's always a bit of hurt. There's always a little bit of hurt. Uh, I think the deal is uh, Duke is like a, what is it, like 80, 85% out of state? I, it's some yeah. crazy number that they're out of state. So it's like they're a majority, uh, you know, and but they claim that they're a huge, like, North. They're like, you know, why is it the Tar Heel State? You know, the, you know we run this state or whatever. It's like y'all are from New that, Jersey. And they're also in the New Jersey state school system. So I was yeah. about to say they're the Princeton of, well, they'd like to think they're the Princeton of the South. They are the knockoff Princeton of, I guess, Durham. Exactly. <laughs> so we're chill with – I don't think there's a hatred towards out-of-state students. I just think it's the, oh, you think you're from the south, but your school is like 80% New Jersey people. I don't know because when, when I got here and said I had never been to Bojangles. <laughs> when I got here and said I had never been to Bojangles, people like – Okay, well, that's – Destroyed you, me. That, that's you can't, another conversation entirely. But you're also from – you say you're from, like, from the Atlanta area. Or you're from, from yeah. Georgia. So how have you I'm not been from, to Bojangles? Because I'm from the city. That's and well the Bojangles the is, like, 30 Bojangles. minutes away. I'm not going to drive 30 minutes to get Bojangles. <laughs> That's literally the only way to get to Bojangles from Carolina is to drive 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah, you got to go to 15. It's not closer, actually. When there's a cookout closer, absolutely not. It is not closer. <laughs> It's literally not close. You have to drive past Bojangles. You have to drive to to past the Bojangles to get to Cookout. <laughs> okay. So one more question before we move on. Yes. So this is actually from like a month ago from Michael who lived on Molly, with Molly and me freshman year and lived with me on the same floor as me last year. Mm -hmm. So at what point does North Carolina claim me more than Ohio claims me? Because we were arguing about the Wright brothers. Do you mean, oh, are you a right brother yeah. truther? Do you the mean if you flew become here. famous? Please do not start this to, right now. That doesn't matter. The plane flew here. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah it's Aaron, just because it's Aaron, flat. I will roast you on this. I took a history of air power class. I have the notes. I will destroy <laughs> you about Kitty Hawk. She took that class just for this moment. It's flat. They just chose Kitty Hawk. Yeah, because they couldn't. Are you. Are you asking if you became famous, like, which state would get to claim you and at which point? 
Like, at which point do you cross sure, the barrier? Sure, sure, sure. You could, you could say that. I guess it... There's a lot of if ands, and buts there, but I guess it depends on, like, if you fly the plane here, if you do whatever you do here, then North Carolina... UNC will always get to claim you, so North Carolina's got a pretty strong hold. But I think you're unfortunately pretty Cleveland through and through. I think Ohio's got their main foothold, <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> in your in your ident- identity territory. <laughs> you're fr- you love Cleveland for some reason. For some reason, because <laughs> it's where I'm from. It's the same reason you love Atlanta. Okay, yeah, but if I'm... Yeah, well, Atlanta's, Atlanta's pretty cool, though. Like. Yeah, are you about to compare the two? Yes. Because <laughs> that's yeah, this is, this is just a big throwback to our breakfast arguments from two years ago. But I will also say, also say, so my zip code is in the city of Atlanta, and you're from how far outside of Cleveland? Oh. Half hour. <laughs> Receive. Oh, no. But my zip code is so also really, so really my 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 area code for the you, for the Solon. We're not Solon people. We're from Solon. It's, like it's, like it's like if I said it's like if I said I was from it's like if I said I was from Charlotte. I'm not from Charlotte. I'm from Harrisburg. Thank you. Yeah, respect. Also, in North Carolina, if I say I'm from Solon, people are gonna go, "Where the heck is that?" If I say I'm from Cleveland, you, they know. That's when you go. I'm from a little bit outside Cleveland. Yeah, I say I'm from the east side of Cleveland, but even so, that doesn't mean anything to anyone, so I just say I'm from Cleveland. I mean, no one cares in the first place, because you've already stated you're from Ohio, so. (laughs) I never Uh, thought I should say this, but I think we should move on to baseball. (laughs) (laughs) Like I said, there were these conversations magnified by about a thousand, like three times a week when we would eat breakfast (laughs) together freshman year. I would always leave those so angry because we argued about the dumbest things. And we would also talk about baseball. Yes. And now we're here so, on this podcast. Anyways, <laughs> Molly, you can run the first half of the baseball corner. I, me? Yeah, your first talking point is wild card race in both leagues. Oh, yeah. So, um, as I said, I'm a Braves fan, and I actually think that this is like I think it's a really interesting season just because you have, like, all the division leaders are normal. But if you look in the wild card, you've got teams that have been bad for a while. Like, you've got the Braves, you've got the Brewers, and the Yankees are there for some reason. But, like, the Mariners and the Athletics haven't lost. Their July record is, like, they've lost, like, twice in the entire month of July. And the so Angels think, are perpetually in the hunt, but will never make the playoffs. Well, obviously, because they're the Angels. But I just think it's, I think in the beauty of baseball, you've got different teams than have ever been here before. And they're not that many, I mean, a lot of these could turn into division leaders because they, um, they're not that many games behind. If you look at the games behind, it's like one, two and a half, one and a half, like three. The Yankees are pretty far behind, which is great. Love that. Hate them. Uh, But I think it's interesting. That's why baseball is a great sport to the haters. um, Because different teams actually win every year, unlike the NBA. Uh, It's fine. (laughs) Unlike other professional sports. 
Yeah, yeah but I'm, did I'm... somebody almost get in a fight in base in the tunnel? I don't think there have been any tunnel fights. Were there any secret brawls? tunnel no, fights? No, there's just bench clearing brawls. <laughs> Are there really brawls? They just kind of cat fight with yes, each other. Yeah, I, don't, I would call them brawls. Zach Grinke broke his fights. collarbone in a fight. Well, they just yeah, might have weak collarbones. Choked out. Weak collarbones. Yeah, probably because he looked at the picture the wrong way and he got all mad about it. He broke I mean, one of those sacred. He broke the Ruth sacred. Odor is still well known in baseball, even though he sucks because he punched Jose Bautista in the face because he slid into him. Listen, this is. I don't know if this is on the rundown because I haven't had a chance to look at it. But I was going to talk about the whole Dodgers. Uh, so prepared. The the Dodgers pitcher or the Dodgers batting practice situation. I don't know if y'all saw that, but talk about it. Yeah. Oh, I can go into it now. Today. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you're right against the Braves. The uh, the announcer, whoever was announcing the the game, pulled up footage from the Dodgers batting practice and was like going full on old man yelling at a cloud on the fact that they were wearing t-shirts and shorts and not full uniforms to batting practice. And just, because the Dodgers uniform means something. They're the Yankees of the West Coast, Kobe. And it's like, that's one of those things that makes me not like baseball because there's like so many of these stupid, unwritten, like rules, quote unquote, that like really huge purists love to be like gatekeepers of. And it just really turns me off to the whole sport because one, it's kind of boring in the first place. But then you have all of these stupid little rules but it's like, oh, if you side-eye the pitcher, uh, charge the mound. Or some, some crazy crap like that. You know, where you, but wouldn't you, gotta you like the charging that's the mound like, part of it? Yeah, and that's like every other sport. In basketball, it's like, he breathed on me, and now I'm going to like fall well, on the ground and but get that's, mad about it. But like, that's a, di well, that's there's, a, that's there's a different thing. There's also the problem of the public reacting a lot differently to baseball brawls than they do to brawls in football and basketball, and I wonder why that is. But that's a topic for a different <laughs> time. And so, you know... That for, but, for whatever reason, people tend to be fine with hockey fights and baseball fights, but not so okay with NBA and NFL fights. But that's a, that's a different for a different day. <laughs> that's a different podcast. No, absolutely. But yeah, if I say that there's, like, all those like unwritten rules of baseball, like, y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Like what, you're, what you're saying. Yeah, where it has these rules... It's a gentleman's game. Exactly, but that's so uh, stupid. That just made me mad. That just that pissed me off already. <laughs> that was not a good argument. No. <laughs> well, I, for the most part, I'm one of those purists. I mean, and I hate I you for too, it. But I'm at least so a little stupid. more but like, but like, like the like the few the few things that make baseball fun, the purists and traditionalists hate. That's the also the thing. Like I think bat flips, value in give me bat flips. Tradition and decorum. <laughs> That's cool. Like I'm cool with I tradition and decorum. I think there's also value in bat flips. <laughs> okay. Flips <laughs> are like I'm cool. the best. Like we go to like we or went. Some of us went. Go slash go to Chapel Hill, where Ooh. there's tons of tradition, tons of tradition, tons of decorum. Cool with that. But like all like all of these like like. Like, all those, like, quote-unquote unwritten rules. Like, some people getting mad at, like I said, like, bringing this all the way back around, not wearing jerseys to batting practice. Like, that's the kind of stuff that is like, oh, y'all are just a bunch of, you know, words I can't but say like, on a family-friendly podcast. Anything's boring and pointless if you don't, like, like, baseball was really boring and pointless to me until I figured out the rules. It's one of those sports that the deeper you go, the more interesting it gets. Because... 
the unwritten rules are what makes the game half the fun because it's like you know a secret that everybody else doesn't. <laughs> you know what's going to happen in the game. Like, you can tell, like, if a pitcher's mad or what a pitcher's going to do or how a batter's going to act just because of all those unwritten rules. And the more you watch it, the better it gets. It's not just people ramming into each other on a field or... Like, it's not overly simplified. No, it's just them playing catch with occasional hits. <laughs> That's what football is. Football is the most football, let's play catch and hit each other. Football has so much athleticism. But it There's looks so much so going much cooler. <laughs> anyway, well, we we disrupted your baseball corner. Oh no. It's okay. The baseball I, corner is. Th- this and the next section are gonna are gonna make me angry. So it's okay. Let, let's let's keep going. Oh, Do you want to talk about Johnny Ventures, or should I move on to my section? Oh, please move on to the tribe, just so I can be angry. Okay, (laughs) so the Indians are still winning the division, because we're really good. We're, we have, I believe, the biggest lead on our division division. in baseball. You're winning the division because your division is trash. Coincidental, but we have the biggest lead on our division in all of baseball. Like, our our job's being good for us. I'm so glad we have somebody to check Aaron. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Just real quick, just to just to prove that his division is trash. The next team, every other team in his division is under five hundred. Every other team in his division is under five hundred, and that's why you guys have the biggest lead. It's not because you're like atrociously good. <laughs> it's because the AL Central is bad. <laughs> I mean, the Braves yeah, could win like the AL Central. We're using it to our advantage because of our situation. We have no pressure on our team right now, so we can basically do what we want and find what works in time for playoff time. Do you think you're going to make another World Series run? Yes. Do you? Okay. But we saw how that worked out last time. So do you think you'll actually win, or do you think you'll just blow it? No, I think that we can win. Do when you think our stars are playing, competition in your division makes you unprepared for playoff play. No, because it's not like you don't play hard in the games. It's just that because of our lack of competition in division play, Tito has the ability to try out different lineup combinations or playing players in different positions and seeing what works best as the team. That worked really well in 2016, didn't it? 2016, we were playing on house money. We had two of our three best pitchers injured. Did I tell you guys how Aaron cried that night? That's a fun story. Game six, not game seven. I did not cry after game seven. Do they know how you cried? I'm pretty sure everybody knows. No, No, this was before. Keenan Stadium, yes, I did do that this past year. No, this was when he, they they hadn't even lost yet. This was game four, I think. Game six. We had just gotten killed in game six. It was the first time you lost, and Aaron No, it was not the first time we lost. It was game six. We were going into game seven. We remembered the story differently, but he laid on the floor for an hour, <laughs> a legitimate hour, moaning on the ground. <laughs> I'm an emotional sports fan. And what I can I say? I literally held his hand and was like, you still have more games to play. It's going to be fine. You can still win. And he was like, did he sound like a whale? Like over. Yeah. And then he tried tickling me to get me up. Yes. <laughs> And he just did, he, did that. 
did he also try to convince you that he was weeping with joy the night they drafted Johnny, Ma- not Johnny Manziel, uh, uh, Baker Mayfield? Baker Mayfield. Oh God! <laughs> Even though there's video proof. Really? I was just overcome that. with joyous emotion. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but I did not cry once. Even though this is the definition of gaslighting. This yeah. Is, like if you ever want to know what gaslighting is, it's this. Aaron, it's, it's a picture of Aaron Freeman. A, to make a brown fan weep with joy, is it? Like no, he wasn't so weeping. He told us before we went to Bam Banquet. I swear to God, if we draft Baker Mayfield, I'm gonna be so mad. <laughs> Show me the receipts. <laughs> I have the video Show of you with receipts. your head down, like <laughs> in frustration. <laughs> you don't see my face in that. Yes, we do. You cannot see the emotion that I was No feeling. one else has a bald head like yours, Aaron, bro. <laughs> yep, you just see the top and back of my head. You don't see the front. All you right. don't see the moneymaker. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my God. Anyways, oh, God, I think that's Aaron. a good segue into... Well, actually, yeah, that is a good segue into the Brown segment. So, first oh, of all, boy. we're signing Des Bryant. Best wide receiver core in football incoming. Wait, when did the baseball corner get a brown segment? When did this? Because there's, so the there's not an NFL segment. There's not an NFL segment in the rundown, so I had to add it myself because I knew you wouldn't let me add it anywhere add else. A Cleveland Brown segment to the baseball. <laughs> when we could talk about Julio Jones's uh, mess. Nobody yeah, cares about the six the foot whatever guy that drops touchdowns. What? Yeah, I missed he- that, David. <laughs> oh, I said nobody cares about the six-foot-whatever guy that drops touchdowns. <laughs> We're going to have Des Bryant, Jarvis Landry, and Flash Gordon all on the field together. And you're, but Catching you're touchdown be passes from Baker Mayfield. <laughs> you're you're still going to yeah. Tyrod Taylor because he's the better quarterback. <laughs> yeah, maybe we will have Tyrod Taylor. That's fine. Give Baker a redshirt year. I'm cool with that. They're cool with each other. They have a QB RV that they have at the training facility for that quarterbacks only. Um, again, RV3. Uh, secondly, <laughs> <laughs> Tyrod Taylor is a franchise quarterback. Is he? Yes, he is. So then we have two franchise quarterbacks on roster. Awesome. Oh, my goodness. They're going to bench your franchise quarterback for a rookie. No, we're playing the, the franchise quarterback until the other franchise quarterback is ready. The Bears did it with The Bears did not have a franchise quarterback. Yeah, see, they the played themselves. They thought he was a franchise quarterback. They had a winning brother. I'm not sure. They realized. They thought. <laughs> and Mitch quickly turned over. I think there's hope for Baker Mayfield to be on Aaron's side for once. I actually think he is going to surprise us all. <laughs> I think the Browns already have a pretty good run game, and Tyrod Taylor really doesn't need to throw the ball more than 25 times in the game for them to be successful. But knowing all of what I just said, none of that is going to happen. Because the Browns are going to Browns. <laughs> I mean, there's nowhere to go but up, really. You th- you would think exactly. so, wouldn't oh, you? Oh, they can stay the same. They can definitely <laughs> stay the same. Yeah, but we can't get worse. <laughs> that is true. Uh, you can't get wor- they can't get worse. I will make a bold claim on the podcast right here, right now. Oh, good. Browns are going to win a Super Bowl before the Panthers. Oh, you well, better. Actually, I believe that. Why? Yes. Panthers hate. Ha! No, 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 no. This is not going to become a Panthers hating session, especially <laughs> in a North Carolina-based podcast. Okay, but I mean, I'm a Falcons fan. 
that's cool, but we're not going to talk anything about Super Bowl without talking about how the, the, the Falcons nutted in their own Super Bowl. So um, I chalked that up. I believe that was divine intervention, and I don't know who on the Falcons messed with whoever's up in the sky, but something happened. Maddie <laughs> Snow did not pray not, that day. That was someone didn't. And Cam Newton's get gets beat up too much. He's eventually, like, oh, he's I agree. He gets hit too much. Sacked quarterback. I'm surprised he can even throw a football. Well, that was Andrew Luck for like, a, that was a, that was Andrew Luck for a while until he couldn't throw anymore. Yeah, <laughs> like, and his arm fell off. <laughs> the armless he's Andrew not in Luck good company. The fact that Cam Newton can remember a play is shocking. <laughs> but do you not Here's see the his whole thing? I that I'm not going to get into this podcast about Cam and plays, which maybe as we get like deeper into the preseason, I'll have my tirade about Cam and calling plays. But I think it's time to move on. Just keep we are touching all the of these all right. very, very, very soft nerves on these podcasts. Right now. Uh, we're better than you, so. Okay. Oh, that's I'm pro Okay, that's that's fair, yes. We are last year supposed to be the good year? We were eleven and five. And finished I'm pretty sure we were eleven and five. Yeah, we were eleven and five. We had, playoffs. we had Brett and Burson catching passes for us last season. I think there's nowhere to go but up for us right now. <laughs> anyway, it's time to move on to our next segment, which is a new segment called Calling an Audible. Yay. Which leads me to our first ever ad read. Everybody cheer. Cheer. Well, it'll actually be our second ever because we're going to have a Woo. pre-roll. But... Whatever. Our first mid-roll ever. So, this segment is brought to you by Audible. For you, the listeners that never made varsity, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. I am currently listening to Percy Jackson and The Lightning Thief. I am speeding through this book so fast. It is everything I remember it. Highly recommended. So, you can download that or try another audiobook free by going to audible.com. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash nmvpod. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash nmvpod for We're finally free sponsored. audiobook. Let's go. So, wow. Mav is actually the one that came up with this segment. We're finally sponsored. Yes, go get an audiobook. I, do like, it. You know how much I talk about this service. I really do love it. So, go try it out. Yay. Um, <laughs> but... <laughs> Mav, you are the so, one that came up with this segment, sports, so go ahead and... This is your baby. Stuff. And so, just in sports yes. in general, you can call audibles and things. So, how I thought up this segment, uh, we could talk about different uh, aspects of sports life, specific franchises, leagues, players, uh, just the game itself, and we could each say a specific thing that we would change about a respective uh, game of sorts. So, uh, I think we're starting off this week with our first uh, calling an audible by going to the UNC edition. Uh, and so what we're going to talk about this week is one thing we would change about the UNC sport culture. Mm. 
Molly, I think you have something to say about this. Yeah. <laughs> I just might, might have something may, to say. It might be worthy of, like, an article in the DTH or something, you know? Like, <laughs> it might. You should maybe write it that might. down. I should maybe write, like, 900 words <laughs> on it. <laughs> um, yeah, I think what? there's a lot. Um, I'll start with pandering to my audience. I think we should utilize our marching band better and more. Snaps to so, that. So, so I read. So I was reading your uh, your article. You were talking about how, like, when you were sitting in the on the fan side of things, um, that it was hard to hear the band. Was that in basketball games, football games, or both? From where you were sitting. Both and like I understand, I understand acoustics. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like how 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 sound waves work. Um, <laughs> I understand that like the student. With football, it's a harder problem to solve because if the, there's no way that we'll be able to hear you guys super well if we're right next to you, but you kind of have to be in the student section. So, like, that I get. My main problem is more with basketball because anything y'all do because you're on the, uh, the opposite side, the student section is just beyond the fact that they have no rhythm in general is so off and we, like, are so behind y'all that it really doesn't let us interact with the band that much. Like, we much, can't even do clap which I feel like there could be more of. Without getting off. I am nodding my head in furiously in agreement. <laughs> because I believe I am... Yes. Yes. I am the daughter of a marching band person. Um, <laughs> my mother was in the marching band. And I think, you know, she always that's, told that's me that... That's our preferred nomenclature. <laughs> <laughs> and she always told me that, like, the marching bands, like, y'all are basically the guardians of the school spirit, you know? And I think the fact that we don't use you guys for more interactive purposes is wasteful. Guardians of school spirit is my favorite James, James Gunn movie. It's my favorite. <laughs> and I believe uh, we definitely have some cheers that we have as our own in band. That we could definitely it's share with favorite, the students. Like, section. offshoot of the Guardians Hercules. of the Galaxy series. Hercules yeah. is probably the one that can make it. It's my next. Even yeah. the. Even I the, wish you would. Yeah, no. Even. Even the clapping, like during free throws, the clap when the ball touches their hands, that started in the band. Every good cheer has started in the band. And that's across colleges. If you go to any college and you're like, where'd that tradition come from? They're like, oh, the marching band did it. And then everybody, and then they taught it to everybody else and everybody else did it. And then the difference like, is that the other bands are closer to their student sections. <laughs> and the student sections are all together <laughs> instead well, yeah, of spread I think, across. I think that's the biggest issue is especially in the lower bowl, the risers and that part of the student section are on the opposite side of the court as the band and the other phase one student section I think that if you switched the ends of the basketball court, like the sections on the ends, then it would be a thousand percent better because then you would have the lower bowl students with the band. Now, yes. Molly, how do you feel about the assertion that some people feel that uh, UNC students are spoiled when it comes to certain sports? I think we... So the the argument is always that we don't pay the, for our tickets out of, like, extra, even though we do have a fee, which we do pay for them. I mm -hmm. don't think we're... I, I think we have a system 
that is flawed, but I mean, I like it because I make, I make it worth it. Like I go to a lot of sports games. So for me, my tickets are probably like five bucks a pop to every athletic event I go to, if you did the math, but I don't think we're spoiled. I think we are, if anything, like taken advantage of. Like, I think people use that fact that we don't have to pay extra for tickets, even though we do pay a fee. It's not free. It's just not extra on top of everything. I think it's people use that. It's automatically included. Yeah, it's automatically included. I just think people use that as an excuse to be like, well, then you don't have a say because these people bought tickets. And these people, you know, they paid pay out tuition. of their pockets. They pay tuition. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's like, well, was their ticket $40,000? Like, and also, at most it? schools, outside of the major revenue sports, all the other sports are usually free. So, like, mm-hmm. whereas we go to baseball games for free all the time, like, at Ohio State, I know that you can already go to the baseball games for free as a student. It's just you have to pay for football and basketball tickets. And s- Something that I didn't really get to talk about in the article because it was like 900 words already um, was that when you go to these smaller sports like a volleyball game at UNC or a which, field hockey game at UNC, which are or fantastic, game, are fa- the, completely fantastic, the, are incredible. The vibe is so much better almost. I feel like there's such a more homegrown sort of community there than at a basketball or a football or sometimes even a baseball game because. You've got people that are really showing up because they love the sport and they love the team, and it's not just people who wanted to take a Snapchat video with their <laughs> grandpa who's been in the Rams club for 80 years at a basketball game. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I think we should try to lean more towards that attitude. I also think and part I think of we that should issue... have a night where we teach chants and cheers. <laughs> That's I think my part main of, pitch. <laughs> part of that culture at the basketball game issue is, in my opinion, because of the lottery as opposed to either something like tenting or something like the top 150 system that we already have, because right now only 150 students are rewarded for actually caring about Carolina sports, whereas everyone else it's lucky. Like, even though we get to go to every basketball game through the band, I still enter the lottery for fun, and two years in I've entered every lottery and I have not won once. I think I'm on some sort of blacklist because I'm in the band. I was about to say... That's really unlucky. And, and, like, obviously I go to as many, far more Carolina sporting events than the average student. Yeah. And not saying that I deserve tickets because I don't because I already go to every game through band, but I think that only having a lottery system outside of 150 students inherently makes the culture worse because there's no reason for the average student to go out to every game and go crazy at those games because the top 150 have to like put every sporting event on their calendar at the very beginning of the year. But like not everybody has time schedule. for that. Well, yeah, but if you have I like, wouldn't have time for that. If you have the top like, 1000, we don't get 1000 seats. <laughs> well, well, I'm saying the yeah, top, like the top arbitrary yeah. number. You could still have a portion think- B by lottery. But I think the majority of the student section tickets at basketball games should be as a reward for I mean, attendance still, at other sporting events. What would you do with the fee, though? Because Well, but the fee isn't I, just for basketball. The fee's for every single sporting event. 
Yeah, but it's yeah, but I get what like, Molly's saying, where the fee feels more like some people already think that the fee is unfair, and I think it feels more unfair for those people if only the people that are really dedicated to um, this, really dedicated to Carolina Athletics, get to go to games because I think it is a great experience for someone who's like really not that into sports. Like, hey, just one time I want to go to a Carolina basketball game, and after that I really don't need to do it anymore because it's not my thing. But I still think that those students should have, you know, a chance to have that experience. Yes, I definitely think that's fair. And obviously the lottery is the most equitable for everybody. Now, I think that my my quote-unquote fix for the lottery is to have it like a loyalty system that if you get tickets in the lottery, you have to use them. And if you don't use them, then your um, likelihood for getting tickets the next time goes down. That's what that's what like schools like UGA do for football. If you don't lose your tickets, you are. If you don't use your tickets, you're penalized for future ticket opportunities. Is and the if, is the fee? I'm sorry to interrupt, but is the fee in Connect Carolina the athletic fee? Is that what our fee? Yeah, it should be like a hundred and seventy dollars. Oh, because my thing says fee athletic. Oh, that's summer too, so that might be why. Yeah, that's probably it. No, yeah, it's like it's like around a hundred and seventy something dollars. Uh, they they charge you a fee for <laughs> they charge you a fee for seeing like athletes things. on campus during summer too. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all, another thing I would like to call an audible about uh, uh, this foolishness with these basketball players being driven around on these little golf cart school buses to class. That needs to change. Because I watched a basketball player, they got dropped off, and then there was only one left, and he got driven, like, literally to the next building. He didn't even get off. Like, he was driven to the next building in the quad. He couldn't have gotten off. Like, you can drive them up from the Dean Dome, but at a certain point, do they really, can they not walk? Like, okay, it is, it's $139.50. Okay. Say, like... I'm so, yeah, that is, like, it's a decently large sum of money. I, I remember after we won the national championship, Joel put on his Instagram story, he's like, we won the national championship, we deserve this. <laughs> yeah, and I think UNC does celebritize some athletes too much. I think we do it to them, too. I think we, like, to the point of almost, like, harassing them sometimes when they're just trying to walk down the street. (laughs) (laughs) Did you just call out an entire section? I sure did. A large large section as well. You can at me at Colby Complaints on Twitter (laughs) if you'd like to say something about it. You can't do the piccolos dirty like that, Colby. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they need to stop taking creepy pictures of the basketball players and sending them to their group me. I mean, do you think that we've almost, like, contribute to the commercialization because we treat them like they are celebrities? I mean, there's a certain point in which they are, but there's a certain point in which it's too far, I think. Not directly related, but something similar to that is that I think that we do also extremely celebritize Roy whenever he goes to sporting events. Yes. Like, there was one specific gymnastics meet that I was playing at with the band... Uh, f- last winter in 2017, 
and Roy was there with Wanda because he goes to usually at least one game or meet for every team. And he was just there with his wife, sitting there, and throughout the course of the game, there were probably, or the meet, there were probably 50 people that went up and took photos with him. I mean, they, players have to leave games all the time because, like, a baseball game or a lacrosse game or something because it's just too much. Yeah. Or, like, there was that one game that we saw Huff at the game sitting alone in the top of the third base stands on the opposite side of all the students just so that mm-hmm. he wouldn't get hounded. I mean, I... And I get that there's a lot... I guess I get that they're major celebrities because we're one of the biggest basketball schools in the country... But I do agree that there should be a limit. I mean, I don't think that's just, like, a college athletics thing. I think that's a thing with celebrity in general. Like, people with any sort of notoriety. Like, that's just something that they experience. Which is why I, like, as a person, like, I don't go... When I see somebody, I don't go up to them. Because I feel bad for being another one of another person that they have to deal with like um david were you with me and i think mav was too in brooklyn when we saw bomani oh yeah we were in the the we were in the subway we saw bomani yeah yeah and um as much as i wanted to like run up to him and tell him how much i loved his work and how he was an inspiration blah 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 blah. like it's 11 o'clock at night and we're in a subway, and everyone just wants to go home. A subway which also so I, got stopped <laughs> because it was so crowded. Yeah. And I think so, it like, plays I, into the student-athlete sort of thing in general. Like, what's the line? Like, to what point are they just a student, and to what yeah, point are they an I, athlete? I feel like, yes, I do agree that we should let people live their lives, but I do think that a major TV personality like Bomani shouldn't be necessarily treated the same as a student athlete. Yeah, but notoriety is notoriety. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Kind of back on the student athlete thing, uh, it's kind of like when uh, the band travels with uh, the team during tournament games, uh, whether it's to the ACC tournament or like the NCAA tournament, and we usually stay in, uh, I don't know if it's usually, in my experience, we stay in the same hotel as the players. And I, as much as I wanted, like, Joel to sign something or, or, or uh, Luke to sign something or, like, take a photo or something, it's, like, I feel – I would feel bad, like, be, like, t- like doing that to them because they're in this, a space where it's, like, oh, we don't have to deal with See, fans. They, like, we're just chilling. We're in the hotel, like, oriented. crashing or whatever. And here's, you know, little old David, like, oh, my God, can I take a picture? Like, I don't know. I would have I felt bad. You were going to take that <sighs> to your grave. You were going to say that we've at your gone wedding. So many, we've gone so many episodes without, with nary a mention. Yeah. <laughs> you should get a national championship. You should get a national championship ring just with Luke May's OL on it. Yeah, have the name on it say Luke's OL. <laughs> Not even Maverick Hart. Luke's OL. <laughs> we should move so on. When you, well, I just have – so when you're hanging out in the hotel – like that, and the basketball team's just, like, chilling where you are, do you think that there's a difference between talking to them, becoming their friend, and talking to them? Yeah, oh, no, totally. Like, like, when... Because I think that it's a fine line, and I do think that you can walk along that line as a member of the travel party. Yeah, like, I remember, to- like, I completely remember, like, when we were, we were watching Virginia versus Florida, or something like that, 
and uh, on like all the on the TV screens, and Nate Britt walks by and he's like, "Y'all see this game?" Because like Virginia was getting beat, we were like, "Yo, like this is wild." They're like, "He was like, I did not expect that," and he like like took the time to like talk to us or whatever, and then he went up about his business. Like that stuff's cool. Like you can interact with them as long as it's not, it, if it's something more than just oh, let me get you to sign something or take your picture. Like that. I mean, like yeah. you can interact. Okay. It's not like there's not like a no talking rule between <laughs> y'all. Yeah, I'm just thinking like. Treat so, them like a person. So yeah. when you guys saw Ferrari in the subway, was it like walking by or you guys were sitting on the same car? Oh, no, no. He was walking by. Okay. He was walking by. So like, yeah. Because I was going to say, if it's sitting on the same car, I don't see an issue with you fun time, going though. up and talking Wait, to him. did anybody else have any more? <laughs> okay. Yeah, but he won't go in nowhere. You were right in that situation. Right? I also had one thing out quick. But we need to move on. Yeah. But go ahead, David. I was going to kind of say something quickly about the wine and cheese crowd. But I don't know. Uh, I, don't, I mean, yeah, I, I just – I don't know what the solution is to fix the whole wine and cheese thing. I feel like the crowd this past year was actually pretty pretty good uh, in comparison to other years. Um, I would if say – They needed a little oomph. It, but that's the thing though because like it's so hard to get the crowd going. But I feel like that's a, 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 a product of the fact that the student section is split up as well as the band. Like, I feel like there's no oomph to the crowd because the students aren't unified in getting everyone pumped up, you know? Something that I do think could get the crowd going is alcohol because I know that when we played Notre Dame that was one of the uh, during the Chapel Hill water crisis in Greensboro, at the Greensboro Coliseum, they sold alcohol, and that crowd was rocking. I loved Molly's face when no, you said that. You're not yeah, wrong big at all. Like, you're like it or not, wrong, alcohol gets so people going. other things we could do. <laughs> Before yeah, but alcohol we get... works and it makes money. Yeah, I, they need a special section. My my theory on move uh, on transforming the basketball stadium is, if if you're gonna move them, they need to go somewhere where they still feel special. So whether that means boxes, whether that means like. I know Georgia Tech and their basketball stadium, they have, like, a glass walled-off section that, like, has a club kind of at the top of it, but it's still in the stadium. But they're not going to move unless you give them something that they feel is in equal Better. worth. But they, it's, like, yeah. it sucks because – and I'm not going to, like, you know, call all, like, Rams club – I'm not going to call it, like, Rams club members or something because there are some Rams club members that are absolutely wild at games, and I love it. Like, there are some people that are very adamant about getting the crowd riled up and, and standing in their seat and cheering for the team. But it's, like, when you have people that are just literally, like – when people are getting chided for, for standing up and cheering the team, like, people are, like, actively getting – uh like, called out for standing and cheering for the team. Like, that's – like, that should – as a crowd, that should not happen. Like no, it's it's just and I honestly, this might be a little bit of a hot take. I think Roy Williams needs to do a better job of loosening his grip on Carolina school spirit because there's a lot of stuff that we don't do and that UNC Athletics doesn't do because Roy thinks it's like inappropriate, like making fun of Grayson Allen is like. Inappropriate oh man! And like not oh, what I forgot about does. that. So like, when you say making fun of, do you mean the "fu Grayson" chant that started at the Duke game? <laughs> Maybe that. <laughs> Maybe more family friendly. Because I just, as well. I, I just rewatched the Duke Carolina game at Carolina like two days ago, on yeah. YouTube, 
And I, I saw that moment and I was like, yikes. <laughs> like, I just remember the look on Geeks' face when that happened. Other schools would make a t-shirt and that'd be like a giveaway. Not something that said F you Grayson on it. But they'd uh, like, yeah. the Grayson you tripping shirt. And like the athletic department would do that and it would be the giveaway. But because Roy kind of has a stronghold on like what the Carolina way is, a lot of that stuff that would be sort of like of the time and would be sort of student generated, I think falls to the wayside because there's some reputation to upkeep that like my dad went here and he always says, Carolina doesn't rush the court because it's expected we'll win. I mean, it's sort of a sacrifice that, for fun. Of I fun think over acting it. with taking the high road though, and being a good fan, like being loud fans aren't mutually exclusive. No, but I think there's some points where if you have someone like Christian Leighton or Grayson Allen, like someone, anything really would. I think that one guy from do. Georgia Tech that tried to body Joel. Don't he, even he talk to me perfect. about Altuve. He is a good guy and a good player. I mean, <laughs> yeah. y'all, y'all did Ask him dirty and it really wasn't Are okay. You? <laughs> what? Um, you're really gonna you're really gonna sit here on this podcast. Oh, I, I will defend I Altuve to the death. I agree that someone like Grayson Allen or Christian Leitner does deserve that, but I do you draw a line with that? Do you have an approved list of players? Because then you're like delving into cheer cards, which I hate with a passion. Okay, I don't hate cheer cards. I hate. Some I think of them, but I think. Well, I just think a time. Yeah, like Kobe. I don't know about it. Uh, <laughs> Uh, spontaneous what? Someone's gonna, co- someone's gonna come up with the. the band I think it's spontaneous. I think it's the dorkiest thing in this in the entire expectation. Hercules it's was completely spontaneous. But you guys are there all the time. Okay, so this it's circles back to you what guys we. This circles back to what we talked about at the start of the segment. Yeah. I think mine, it's easier for you guys to obvious. be spontaneous I, because you're also already a cohesive group. We I move on in magnitude yes. <laughs> yes. games and especially noon games because I don't know how many times where I was in the tunnel coming out for a noon game or three PM games and seeing like not even like five hundred people probably in our student section. And that kinda and not only does that affect us, but like the football players see that too and that whether people think it does or not, it can discourage them or at least a not whole put seven them in a better mood for time. And that's just, I think it's always a problem, but it, there's several things that make it that way. Just because, one, we, we're just not a football school in the terms of these, uh, like, SEC teams and whatnot. Uh, and that perpetually puts us in the 12 p.m. or 3 p.m. time slot. And people still try to tailgate, and then they end up not coming to the game. So, I, that's the, if there's anything I said, like, I missed out on really in terms of like college athletics it was just being part of like a real rocket football scene like Alabama or Georgia or even some ACC schools like Georgia Tech or Virginia Tech yeah that's what I'm saying or Ohio State Virginia Tech the most fun football game I've ever been to is at Georgia Tech and they're not good Oh, I thought you were gonna season. say. I thought you were gonna say the away Duke game. And like me, uh, when he rushed the field for us losing. <laughs> I just want to say that Molly Loman rushed the fo- rushed the field because we lost the games, against Duke. That we have, but 
there, there are other schools, there are smaller schools that this, I hate to say it, but like the students just feel more appreciative of being able to be at the game. And it makes for a better environment, even if you aren't winning every game. And it, it still makes it a great experience. And that's something, that's the only really thing that I would change about it at this point. You, uh, the stands and stuff. So. Yeah. Molly, you rushed the field because we lost? Okay, listen. Before this story gets falsely told, she was so excitedly lost. Zeke and I were like, at the yes, very front the of the field. Duke student section because we got tickets from our friends who went to Duke. And when people are behind you about to rush the field, there are not a lot of exit strategies. So I looked at Zeke, and he said, we got to do it. And I said, okay. <laughs> and so we did. <laughs> and we ran, and we took a picture in our UNC shirts on the field. A Duke guy was very displeased with taking our picture. And then we left. We couldn't go back. He didn't have to. <laughs> he could like, have no, said he no. Said you didn't no, have to was... move to the very front of the opposing student section. That's where the guys we were with were sitting. Didn't it was you really fun up there? Yeah, and he had a friend. Of course, Zeke has a Duke friend. What do you? Is that shocking? <laughs> no, but I'm saying like you two could have rich sat boy together. Has rich at... friend. You and Zeke could have sat together <laughs> alone in the top of the student section. It's not like you would have had to be by yourself. So digging, way, we were trapped, <laughs> and it's the best memory that so, I have of Redmanier. So digging up old tweets. Yes. I've been trying to move on to this topic for approximately seven hours. <laughs> <laughs> so. Okay. Colby, this is so. your. This is all you. Yeah, so there's been, like, an epidemic of people digging up old tweets from athletes and actors and directors yep. and such. I think the bigger one in baseball has been, was his name Josh Hader? Yes. Did I get yes. that right? Josh Hader um, for the Brewers uh, during mm -hmm. the All-Star game where he said some wild stuff um, back in high school. <laughs> really just going for it. Um, Understood. And he, so that is one that came up. Do y'all have any and thoughts about that situation really start coming and what out, happened like, there in Milwaukee? In the that, that specific one? Just one. Yeah, I can go first because I'm the one that wanted to bring this up. Sure. Uh, in the all in the All Star yeah, game, while he was pitching in the All Star game. Um, so my whole attitude on digging up old tweets from people is for. The people who are digging, who are doing the digging, I feel like they're just doing that for like a morality grab to say, hey, look how much better I am and all us other people are than these people were when they were 17. And I'm also not sure what the point is of digging up these old tweets when all Josh Hader had to say to apologize was, hey, I was young and dumb, and then the conversation stops there every single time so i i'm really not sure what the point is at this point of people digging up old tweets in that regard um i do think that this situation is different from the james gunn situation which i also want to talk about um but how do y'all feel about josh Hader in that kind of digging up of old tweets 
I kind of don't like the he was young situation because when I was 17, I was like I was still I was pretty like I'm not going to say I was grown at 17, but like my worldview was not it wasn't like I was 15 tweeting that like that kind of stuff is, you know, 17 is like you're hitting that age where you're like, uh, you should be held responsible for your actions. So it's like I, I don't give him as much leeway yeah. with the whole age I, thing or like, quote unquote, he was a kid thing with with that um right neither do i by the way like that was he was going he was on uh, another level with like i know i know exactly what you mean where some people say some stuff like oh those do song lyrics or something this man was like saying some really bad stuff i mean yeah i think people should be held responsible i also think you should be held responsible to like if you become famous or in a public position you should clean out your social media and start fresh. Yeah, I never understood why people don't just do that anyway. Like, at this point, if you're in a public spotlight in any shape or form, like, why would you not just go ahead and just take the time and clean out your Twitter or Facebook or whatever? There's a big thing that gets talked about called, like, the right to be forgotten. And that social media has basically made it impossible for you to be like things like that to be forgotten and i think your best way to do that is to just clean it out clean it out delete the account make a new one or make it private because i think i I think you can only claim ignorance for so So long when were they why weren't they asking what are we supposed to do when he was 17 then he's 24 now there have been seven years since that happened like I don't want to be held responsible for stupid stuff that I did when that, seven years ago. But you didn't put it on. You didn't again, put it like, on a public why medium. Why were these things not being asked? Yeah, then, but right? it was also like you give up that right as ago. soon as you put it a on a public medium. That is coming up because I think seven years ago, with the things that you said, that I, I don't think anything's changed in how people thought. Like, there, it's pretty bad of what the things that you said. And so, like Chloe's saying, I think it's just like an attention grabber in order to just it's almost like a smearing but like I said does it make it any less wrong what he said I think it matters more because he's in a position of prominence because now he has a, a if you have a vehicle and a, a stage and people are looking to you and even if you thought that way at one point, I mean, people don't. That I, seven years is a lot of time, but like, even if you thought that way at one point, like you still should own up to it and correct it, especially if you're in a position of public viewing, because now I you've agree. got people looking at you. I agree, but I feel like what, what I'm trying to say is I feel like people, like the people that asked the the reckoning questions when this time comes never come prepared with those questions it's always like hey what happened it's like oh i was dumb i was young and dumb oh okay and then we move on it's never okay so what has changed since then or what have you learned or what experience have you had to you know change your mind or open your worldview to those things that never happens so i don't know what the point is for digging up those tweets that kind of is moving into the James Gunn situation, I feel like. Because so, with his situation, he 
technically he had already owned up to those tweets in 2012. And again in 2015. And again, sorry, yeah, yeah, no, it was 2015. The tweets were from like 2012. He owned up to them in no, 20. Really? I think the tweets, I might have the time if, I, wrong. if I recall correctly, so James Gunn, uh, the director of Guardians of the Galaxy and Guardians of the Galaxy 2, was recently removed um, from directing Guardians of the Galaxy 3 um, regarding tweets that were, I think it was two th- tweets from 2009. Um, that sounds more correct. He, um, where he made some child rape jokes and baby killing jokes um like shock value yeah like shock value jokes that are very unfunny um but he did he was you know questioned about this um back when he signed on to the first guardians project because you know it's disney and they're going to talk to somebody but with that background before him because James Gunn was like a shock value comedian back in the day. Um, But those tweets surfaced and he was removed from the project. Um, And that, more than the Josh Hader situation, that's the one that makes me more mad because the people who, the people that I saw that are making the biggest outrage about this we're dis- we're totally disingenuous about it, like the entire way, and you could tell that from the types of accounts that they would follow and the types of things that they would say on the on their own accounts about certain groups of people, which I think again is just entirely disingenuous. Instead of being, it's kind of running a smear campaign. And also, do you know what was also popular in 2009? Family Guy, who made those jokes all the time. But but we never see anybody come for Seth MacFarlane or, um, uh, who's the robot chicken dude? I I don't know, but I know exactly, I know what you're referring to. Oh my god, I can't think of his name. Seth Green, I think is his name. Nope, that's someone else. Maybe it is. Maybe not. Anyway... But do you think there's a difference between doing that in, like, a professional comedy standpoint and doing that on your own personal Twitter? Like, there's a big difference between writing a character that says something and saying it as your person. Because even comedians have, like, a persona. But I think that was potentially the persona. Because that he did say, I think, I believe he said that at that time he was going for, like, a, a shock value slash, like... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I mean, going he yeah, a, exactly. That was the was. exact yeah, word. Like, edgy. He was blue comedy. He was edgy comedy back in 2009. Like that's who James Gunn was. And when Disney asked him about him, he was like, "Yeah, that was you know, that was a different person. These things have changed in my life since then, and I'm not that person anymore." Like he had already gone through and has answered from these tweets from his employer before all of this happened. It's 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 a it's a tough tough situation. It's tough. But I think when you become I think when you become a celebrity, you you give up a lot and I think the You give up the right to grow. You give up the right to grow and you give up the right to make mistakes in public and not have your and have your having your past exposed and i think i don't i think it's on celebrities to make sure that they 
protect themselves from that as much as possible. I don't think that's very fair, personally. Yeah. Especially because a lot of people bother me. But like people, like normal people in everyday life make mistakes every single day, and also on public forums. But they don't. And obviously, they're not in that public light. And it's like. But that's what you give up. But why do they need to give it up? Because they became because they're a public figure. I mean, the rules change. But that. I don't think that maybe they the shouldn't, rules... but they do. Well, I don't think they should. Is what I'm saying. Yes. Yeah, from like a from like a human perspective, like <laughs> being kind to other humans, they probably should. But like, the like, reality is that they do change, and maybe that's the, as consumers we need to be better about it. Fired now. Like I don't. That's see saving face. I mean, that's PR. Right now. That's just saving face. I mean, that's because that's the only option that a lot of companies feel like they have is like to fire them or to get hurt later when the movie comes out. People were going to go see Guardians of the Galaxy three if if they would have said, "Hey, we've talked." Yes, absolutely. If they would, if I think if Disney would have came out and said, "Hey, this is something that we talked about James Gunn about all these years ago," uh, they if they want to release what they said then, which. I, I would be shocked if they didn't put out a statement then and then put out another statement now. I think that the Guardians movie that's coming out in, God, 2020, I think is one that's slated to come out. I think no profits would be heard from that movie whatsoever because people love the Guardians of the Galaxy. And people have Especially short memories. Because by, yeah, I was going to say by 2020, as sad Don't as it is, someone it. else will have done the same thing and the outrage will be on somebody else. Someone else will have done something stupid. Johnny Depp, who did a lot worse things than James Gunn did. Oh, Johnny Depp is so canceled. <laughs> I think this goes back very to like much a part the conversation we had weeks ago about and, like artists and um, how we kind of tend to have problems with. So. Yes, I was actually thinking the same thing. I was talking to someone earlier this week about how Buddy Rich used to be one of my favorite jazz artists, but then I learned about how he was an awful person, especially to the members of his ensembles. And now, do I still enjoy listening to his music? Yes, but I do not appreciate it nearly to the same amount that I used to, because I think the James, way he acts has James forever Brown tainted it to me. One. And now, to get a little bit of wrestling into James it, Brown is the, the big one that I feel well like a lot of people Hulk forgive Hogan, a lot of who stuff. Who was just reinstated him. into the WWE Hall of Fame after the comments he made on his, uh, his, his little tape that he had in 2005. And so it's, it's going back to things where it's even a longer period. Than, and is like uh, what Josh openly had, racist. Where 13 years between uh, that. And so, like, there's a lot. There, they've talked to several people in WWE uh, who said like we don't want to deny Hulk the like the Hall of Fame but it's but we don't also don't have to really associate with him as well but it's the sort of thing where when you get to that level of status like if you like act like you're you, you're changing yourself and there's a, you have a fan base that's going to be with you no matter what
it, well, I think that it, in regards to James Gunn, like we've seen through his work and through the things that he's done and through the things that he's said, like how he's changed in that regard. With um, with Hader, I think that he, really was that Aaron. Yes. Yeah. We, Aaron. Of course, it was Aaron. <laughs> I don't know who else it would have been. Um, <laughs> I I think that with Hader, his quote-unquote punishment was sensitivity training. I honestly think that's enough for him. Yeah. Uh, I think, I also think that the round of applause that he got was weird. Yes. That's I, what freaked me out about it. I was this, like, I think it's, didn't. It's not just that it was a round of applause, it's that it was a rousing standing ovation. As if he had come back from an injury. Like, yeah. as if he had been... Not just an injury, like, like like this man's ACL exploded and he just came back <laughs> on the mound. Like eight Tommy John surgeries. Yeah, <laughs> and he's back on like, the mound. That, that stuff made me more upset than whatever he said as a crappy seventeen-year-old. Yeah, because it's yeah. treating it like an endorsement of that behavior. And like a, we're proud of you for getting through this like grand and trying time in your it's life. Like, <laughs> It's like, he had a bad PR bump. Saying, <laughs> Stupid crap. And getting called out on it. We've already, we've already discussed that baseball fans are weird, okay? We have... <laughs> we know this. We're, we're, we're pretty weird. And we are real weird about forgiving stuff, I think. Well, I mean, Sports if, you look, if you look back at John Rocker and the things that he said, um and the ovation that he came back to in Atlanta. Like, there's... Baseball's weird when it comes to I mean, to Bobby Cox... Bobby Cox yeah. was a beloved Braves manager, and he was, like, accused of domestic violence, and yet he's cheered for, and he's in the Hall of Fame, and everybody loves him, and everyone doesn't care that he might have been a pretty terrible person, because... <laughs> and... Maybe that's, it's not okay, but like with your jazz artist, Aaron, <laughs> you know, how do you say it? I think sometimes it's okay to separate the work from the man because it's almost always man. I mean, I said this on the podcast before, but I think it's, there's a, it's easier to separate art from artists when the artist themselves separates themselves, separates them their art from who they are. Like R. Kelly made an album called Age Ain't Nothing But a Number and then put out a twenty minute soliloquy about how he was victimized, which makes me gross and no I'm never going to listen to that. Um new. Whereas what's another problematic person that kind of Kanye. Kanye. Kanye also is very personal in the things that he says. Yeah. In the things that he in the things that he raps about. And he doubles Whereas, down. Oh, he yeah, he, he like he triples. Down. <laughs> he triples down. <laughs> He's like I am Where, I am Jesus reincarnate, boy. <laughs> Where Chris Brown, which I personally don't listen to anymore and I don't really associate with, you don't see any of the terrible sides of Chris Brown in his music. That's true. So I understand it more where people can 
put up with Chris Brown where they don't with artists who don't have that sort of delineation in what they do. Not that I, again, everyone has their line. That's not my line, but I, I understand. I think that's legit. I would agree with that. Anywell. <sighs> do we have time for content corner? Do you want to do a movie question? <laughs> you know, yeah. Let's. <laughs> we, Depends. How how long do y'all want this episode to be? <laughs> can we can we ask something that Molly and I disagree about so that we can get more lighthearted after that? Sure. It, yeah, this has been kind of uh, heavy. And Jeez, are, are pick, y'all, pick something. Are y'all cool with calling it after that? Because we kind of ran yeah. really wrong with all of that. My apologies. Yeah, sure. No, it's what fine. I think that was a. I think it's a good intellectual conversation. I'm an intellectual oh. gal. What can I say? Or, or Aaron said that he had something. Oh no, I, I was just suggesting in general, just because oh, Molly had and I can mind. argue very well. Oh, we can. Let me let me hit up Twitter real quick and grab one of these questions. Uh, so this week we asked y'all for your movie questions. Oh, do I Annie's because my answer will have everyone disagreeing with me. <laughs> No, That's I do not want to talk about minions right now. Really oh don't want to talk about minions right now. Um, oh, his minions obsession is so much deeper than any of you realize. I don't know if it's I talked so about it on the pod I, last week, but I went to this like candy store slash toy store place that just opened in near me, and I bought like a 15-inch tall minion giant Pez dispenser, and I was so happy with myself. You're so, single uh, right now, bo- right, Aaron? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, we'll, we'll knock this question out and then we'll get out of here um, from the intern at Life is Annabelle. Um, what's the worst movie you've ever seen? I remember that we had a question similar to this, which was what was the worst movie you ever paid money to see? And for me, right. it was Avatar The Last Airbender. And I'm, I'm just, See, I didn't pay money for that. I did, and I regret it every day of my life. It I, haunts me. I think both of those movies I, I didn't pay money for. Because I said Suicide Squad, and I think my sister paid for those tickets. My answer is Sharknado 3. Sharknado's 1 and 2 were both great pieces of cinema. Is that the one in New York? I don't even remember. I just remember I loved the first two and I watched the third one and I was like, I want that hour and a half, two hours of my life back. It wasn't funny. Aaron, yes. I don't understand at one point <laughs> oh my where your like, cultural ability to mature got stunted. <laughs> <laughs> but the fact that you just referred to Sharknado 1 and 2 as pieces of cinema and then had the gall to then criticize the third one as if that okay. isn't also in the same have you never seen I'm, Sharknado's no, I'm gonna, 1 and 2 because I'm they have back, funny films I'm gonna back Aaron up Sharknado the first Sharknado is actually a pretty good movie it's so funny like on the, its own merits it's I just a, have it's a, a good movie. I think that's the problem with Aaron because he loves the minions <laughs> I think that's the problem with Sharknado 3 is that Sharknado 1 and 2, even though they knew it was bad, 
they still tried to make it like a real movie. Sharknado 3, they just gave up. And well, embraced I mean, the terribleness, the awesomeness of the terrible movie, and that made it too much. Well, Aaron's the same person that feels like if you slap a minion on something, it's immediately gold. So take whatever movie <laughs> Not opinions just anything, as you will. but most things. See, that's Aaron, still... you're in a yellow shirt right now. Like, yeah, I... you're, you're so deep in this. No, this isn't because minions. It's just because I went golfing today. No, it's yeah, because it's seeped into it, your so subconscious. It truly has. I think... If I had seen the Minions movie, I would say it's the worst movie I've ever seen. <laughs> I know. I wish I had. Ooh, oh, I Secret Life of Pets. That was a great Super movie. Bad. That was such that a was good a movie. That was a terrible movie. So bad. Oh, my God. Great terrible movie. movie. <laughs> great movie. It did not explore the best parts of what I want to know when my pet is at home and I'm not. There was I also have. the I... weird, like species war with the underground that <laughs> was a plot point that didn't need to happen like it i just want to know if my dog misses me and like runs around and like toy story style i don't want to so you wanted to watch toy story you should have watched toy story is what you're saying okay that is always the answer because <laughs> <laughs> all of us should have watched toy story instead of any of these movies <laughs> Can I throw out that um, Catwoman is my actually answer... Catwoman is the worst movie I've ever seen with Holly Berry. Ooh, valid. And if you haven't seen the basketball scene from Catwoman, please go YouTube it right it's now. So bad. So your eyes can <laughs> catch on fire just as much as mine did. Um. Oh. So I I have to go really quick. Um. But my answer is I talked about it on the podcast. Bright is a horrible movie. It's really <laughs> bad. Like, on every front, the acting is bad, the story is dumb, um, the editing is horrible, the DP, I have no idea what he was, or she was doing, I don't want to discriminate, um, everyone can be a bad uh, DP. So, I, um, thanks yeah, to, uh, uh, it was oh, crap. so, why am I forgetting terrible, now? so yeah, right. Who does Still hilariosity? <laughs> Stuckman. So, uh, thanks to watching his hilariosity reviews, I actually ended up finding it. And I watched what is actually referred to as the uh, Chris worst movie of all time, which is The Room. The Room. Uh, which is the uh, inspiration for The Disaster Artist, which is like, uh, The Room is directed. I was about to say, is it The Room? He also acted in it by Tom Wiseau. Uh, it's, editing's horrible, the plot makes no sense, and they have to have... Like, there's these, like, in-between scenes where they're just having dialogue, and there has to be a football, and they have to be throwing catch with a football at the scene. And it has nothing to do with the movie at all. <laughs> Yikes. How's his career now? Or uh, how's their career? Fun fact that's about to blow your mind, my cousin was an acting coach on that movie when it was made. <laughs> In acting? Do they still have a job? Never mind, it was great. They've moved on to screenwriting, but she was okay. I think she was an acting coach for the girl in it. And she posted a picture when the disaster artist came out and was like, Yup, it was like as weird as you think it was. Uh, like, <laughs> so, wow. Like it was a weird time it's to be alive and be on set. He goes onto this balcony and he's like, I swear I did not hit her. I did not hit her. I did not. And he goes, oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> it's, it's so bad. It's so bad. 
Oh, hi, Mark. Well, oh, hi, Mark. On that note, I think it's time. Yo, we have so much content that we still have not hit. The I know. <laughs> Which has been pent know, up for like I really, weeks. I really need to go, though. No, yeah, no, no, no. I'm not, I mean, we can hit. We have, we have the rest of the summer. We got this. Anyway. All right. So, Molly, thank you for joining us. Yeah. Thank you for having me. This was fun. I hope you guys enjoyed yeah. having someone else attack me. Oh, it was great. Uh, I, Molly, I, can I check did... out your social medias one more time. Oh, uh, it's at Loman Molly, which is L-O-O-M-A-N and then M-O-L-L-Y. <laughs> Very good. So, if you want to find us, you can do that at tinyurl.com slash nevermadevarsity. Leave us a rating on iTunes. Anything you like or didn't like, be sure to let us know via our Twitter at nevermadepod. Thank you to Audible for sponsoring the show. For your 30-day trial, go to audibletrial.com slash nmvpod. And thank you for David Cutter for our new theme music. You can find him at davidcuttermusic.com. That's a new one. Gotta have to get used to that. <laughs> uh, see y'all. Altuve was awful. Bye.